Hey, I would like to address that during our interview with Tom Matthews, um, some parts are a little rough. Audio quality kept glitching out. Uh, also, I decided to uh, just combine the interview with the movie review, as the movie review ended up being a bit short. Enjoy the review and interview, and sorry for the rough audio. It's the real bad news cast. We're doing obscure stuff. that are obscure and awesome and today's obscurest movie is blood match he came from out of their past <laughs> to avenge his brother's death i have done nothing to you not me my brother four of the world's greatest kickboxers face the deadliest challenge of their lives now, which one of you was it? in blood match as four captive kickboxers fight for their lives in an arena of death. Blood match. Because death is a game nobody plays twice. Which is directed by Albert Pine. Pune, Albert Pune. Oh, Pune, oops. And Brick Bardo is out for revenge for the death of his brother and will stop at nothing to gather those responsible and go all out as judge, jury, and executioner in the final fight. To the bloody end. Uh, this is our special, awesome guest. I'm honored to have uh, Tom Matthews. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Here you, I am. <laughs> you might you might remember him from uh, such films as uh, oh that that zombie film, something about the Living Dead. This Return. Not kidding. Return of Living Dead. You know, based off a, a true story. <laughs> and Return of the Living Dead too. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six, uh, Jason Lips. There's actually, there's actually now a chunk of people that only know you from the video game too. But you know, that's true. <laughs> but it's uh, created a whole. It's created a whole. The video games created a whole new demographic of, of fans for Friday the Thirteenth. All you know, probably under thirteen because they can play the video game, but they can't watch the movie yet, and they shouldn't right? watch the movie yet. They shouldn't be able to watch the movie yet. But a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people I talk to when I'm at the conventions and stuff say, yeah, I saw the movie when I was, you know, nine years old. And I said, let me guess, it was an older brother or a babysitter or a cousin. But once in a while, it's the parent, you know, because I always, I always give them a hard time. I said, that's bad parenting. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, consequently, so we're getting all these these new fans coming up uh, saying hi and stuff. It's really been great. Hey, you can't argue with that, right? No. It's actually funny now that you mention it because um, I've got two daughters and um, my oldest daughter, we met when she was two years old and I adopted her afterwards. And um, that's actually how we bonded was over Friday part sex. <laughs> wow. But you know what? It, well, I had it on. She that, and she didn't want to talk to anybody. And once I had the movie on, she sat next to me and watched it and started asking questions. But, you know, it worked out really perfectly because most kids are afraid of the monsters under the bed and all that other stuff. And yeah. I even said, I was like, you know what? You're not scared of anything. And she's like, yeah, because Jason's my friend. And anybody, <laughs> you know, any monsters under the bed that tries to mess with me, Jason will come out of the closet and beat him up. I'm like, okay. Well, good. That's a great attitude. Something weird happened while we were shooting. We were all sitting around during a break and stuff. And this, I think this 12, 13, 14-year-old kid comes over. And he goes, Have you, is Jason around? I said, uh, yeah, but I think he's in the trailer or something. I said, what's up? He goes, well, I was wondering if you could ask him a question for me. I said, sure. He goes, if I leave my window open tonight, will he come in and kill me? <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, no, True story. I, I believe it. Um, you know what? It, it, since we're actually talking about it, there's one thing that I wanted to ask you, since this is apparently like a set-wide thing that happened on six. How involved were you with the swamp cooler incident with the RV? The swamp cooler? What do you mean? Apparently, oh. the, you know what I'm talking about now. I think so, but refresh my memory because 
Apparently there was a production guy who was a bit of a penny pincher and he wanted to take a swamp cooler home with him. So everybody got together when they crashed the RV and tied the swamp cooler to the top of the RV when it crashed. So one of the big things that you see on film is that swamp cooler flying and breaking into pieces and and he had to sit there and watch it all happen. (laughs) Uh, You know, I didn't didn't know anything about that. (laughs) Really? I did see it fly when we saw the movie. I had no idea that was a great effect. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I love that story. <laughs> that, that, that's careful. one of my favorites. Yeah, careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> right? Well, you, you know, you're taking out of catering and you're taking out of the basic comforts, and it's like, well, I'm going to take this swamp cooler home. Eh, no, you're not. <laughs> Prop. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Awesome. All right, so I'm. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to ask too before we get in, um, what what have you been up to lately? Right now, you, you, are you just doing conventions, or are you looking at any scripts? I, uh, I'm doing. I you know, I did conventions for a long time. I just felt like I was selling my soul, so I talked into doing it, and it was it's been great just meeting everybody and hearing their stories and stuff when they come up to the table. It's just really heart endearing stories about. You know, all the movies and what it meant to them and how it inspired them or whatever. It's been really That's great. That's awesome. And, yeah, it really it really has been. I'm really glad, glad I uh, started doing it. I guess I've been doing it like eight, ten years now. That's awesome. Um, and then I just did a movie, two movies, back to back. I had to cancel the second one because it overlapped with the first one. They said no. We'll push the schedule so you can do it. So I, I it was uh, a few, about six months ago. I finished on a Saturday here in town in L.A., and then I had to fly to Detroit on Sunday, and my first scene was up on Monday. And the first one was called um, Killer Therapy, more, mm-hmm. more like in the horror genre, I guess. And then the second one is called Path, which actually they just released the um, – the uh, trailer—it's a two-minute trailer. It's a little long, but it's on—it's uh, uh, on YouTube right now. They just released it about a week ago. That's all. So, I got to check that out. I never heard of that. Two things. Yeah. Well, it's just coming out. Uh, we might oh, have screen, to keep them busy. We might have a screen in uh, October, September, October, sometime, maybe November. Wonderful. No, I'm glad you're keeping busy because um, I'm an '80s kid, you know. So you were part of my childhood. So and I'm, you always came across as that one actor that it's like you'd want to hang out with, and that was the cool guy. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, growing up and uh, watching uh, Return of the Dead and uh, you know Part Six and on TV and stuff, and, and then like for a while it was just like, huh, I wonder what Tom Matthews is up to, and like, uh, you know, for a while you were just kind of you were kind of gone, so it was just like. Like, yeah, where's Tom? I was gone. I got I got kind of disillusioned, and I had a bunch of children. I've got three kids, and they're all they're all getting kind of older now. They're becoming independent. So uh, I was sticking around home, and I was doing my construction thing, and right. which kind of took off. I did a lot of high end projects, and very creative. And uh, during that time, we did the Osbournes and some really cool stuff. At the, we did the house. Uh, remember with the Osbournes on MTV? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we were doing that house, and one of the things, one of the many fun things that we did was we cast uh, their daughter Kelly's fists in bronze, and then made them made them the front door hinges. I had no idea. I love that though. Yeah, it was a very creative project, and so it's been. We kind of took off, and there did a lot of high end um, people as well. Wow! So, did you get to hang yeah. out with them at all? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, that that job was a month long. Uh, that was the contract, and then because they were going to just turn around and flip the house and sell it, but then they decided to move into it, so it turned into be a four month project. And while they were filming MTV, we were still there working for three months. Um, and then they moved over to Hidden Hills, and since moved from that property. But one of my great moments was walking in in the morning and. And Ozzy was in his was in his skivvies and he's at the top of the balcony singing a cappella. I was just like, this is this is pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome! I, that like, awesome. you get to hang out with Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a pretty, he's a pretty he's a pretty funny guy. 
guy. He's got a, a great sense of humor. Oh, I can only imagine, like, like just the, the stuff that you see on film, I can imagine is nothing compared to what he was like off camera. Yeah, yeah. So, it, that you know, it was, uh, that's been good. It's been uh, good, but now I've been getting back to the acting a little bit, which is, which is good. The conventions have been fun. It kind of breaks up my day-to-day -day stuff with the, with the construction and stuff, and my wife and I usually go and make a little day trip sometimes been over to Europe and we made trips out of those so it's been fun. I love I, I love to hear that sort of stuff I'm really glad yeah. to hear that you keep them busy congratulations yeah. thank you so <laughs> blood match <laughs> I actually was taking martial arts or had become a, became a uh, a green belt and I only learned uh, martial arts because I wanted to beat the chef brother when I got older because he would <laughs> come with me when I was a kid that was my that was my whole motivation about taking martial arts and End up doing a few, using it in a few movies, different movies. Well, that's actually yeah. one of the one of the things that I wanted to ask was if you had to do anything like that. To, so, it, I mean, we could see you pulling off those moves, and you didn't really pull any hamstrings or anything. So you must have picked mm -hmm. up some type of a fighting thing going on. But yeah, that that that's a bit of a motivator there. I mean, like this is obviously pre Karate Kid, you know. So, <laughs> go for it. It was it was a lot of fun. We actually, you know, we only shot it in three days. Um, the audio is actually cutting out on my end. In three days. Three days. That is yeah. insane. It was uh, insane. Long hour days. I mean, I, I was so um, uh, exhausted. I mean, just it was a lot of dialogue, and you know, I, I was having to, at the end of the days, I was having to hold the script just out of camera sight and pick up my lines. <laughs> and then I was literally because of all the all, all the fighting, my body was overheated, and, and uh, that's the only way we got through it. But you know, it turned out pretty good for a three-day shoot. I gotta say so. I got a whole new respect for the movie because honestly, like I'm, you know, I, it was a lot better than I even began to give it credit for because it's like I've never heard of this movie before, so you never know how it's gonna go. And I watched right. it, and I was like, this is not half bad. But when you hear that the movie was done in three days, that's... Three really... days. He had, he had the... Uh, he had, Robert was just coming off uh, one of the kickboxer movies. They had the, so they had the mm -hmm. set. So then he whipped out this script really quick, and he said, hey, put all these guys together. Well, Benny Yukides is in it. You know, he's... Uh, I kill him. You know who, who he is, right? Mm -hmm. Benny Yukides, he held three different, three different titles in three different martial arts. But the Elton John movie, B B B B B B B Benny and the Jets? Yep. That's Benny. You Benny had a, a dojo in Van Nuys called the Jet Center. Yeah, so he made, this, he made the song because uh, Benny, who's in Blood Match, uh, was a, uh, just a little fun fact for uh, Blood Match. And, this is a, and most of the guys... Uh, a couple of the guys who are in the movie uh, were his students. Benny, uh, Benny the Jet Center. Hmm. I have a still. I have a still where uh, the African American guy. If you're looking at the poster, the guy on the my left, there's a picture of me giving him a rich hand. And what that is is like if you make your your hand flat and put your thumb against your palm, and then make like a slicing uh, movement. I have a picture. Now, this guy next to me, he's about 6'4", probably 40 more pounds, but there's, an, there's a, a black and white still that um, I'm giving him a rich hand, and he's literally parallel to the ground with my, my rich hand at his throat. It's an amazing picture. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> do you, yeah, do you know the... Do you know the story behind the international poster that has the, the blonde with her, like, nipple sticking out of the outfit? You know, I just saw that one. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one that is. But, uh, Gotta be, uh, like, Asia. Yeah. It's definitely something I can approve of. <laughs> yeah, I approve this poster. But no, this movie, it really turned out a lot better than I expected it to be. And I mean, this is like a precursor to like even Mortal Kombat. Cause I mean, oh, wow. um, 
what's something that people would normally complain about? Like, what about the storyline? The story I actually felt was quite good. And I mean, in an age with like martial arts movies, it's not like people watched, you know, like Enter the Dragon, you know, for the story. They wanted to see, you know, karate. This actually had a bit of a cerebral, you know, plot behind it. Right. And that really surprised me. It's like, you would, for a movie done in three days, it actually maintains plot consistency throughout. The only thing I didn't like was the uh, implied child murder, which kind of took away some of the fun aspect of it. But it, the plot actually maintained. Like, there's many more movies that have had way more time put into it that it just falls apart. I know. Some movies fall apart after four days. This one did it on three. But no, seriously, it was, um, well, even the child murder thing, the only thing that that really did, like, for me personally was is I, I spent most of the movie, I was like, okay, who's the bad guy, who's the good guy? Because, I mean, you play a hell of a bad guy, I got to say. But it, it um, well, I agree. You, you mentioned the three days aspect, so it kind of makes sense with the ending, because the ending part, it kind of flip-flop a bit, because it felt like, all right, you got the three people that you felt were most directly responsible for your brother's murder, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to kill your daughter if you don't tell me. It's like, damn, he ain't playing anymore. You know, and then it's like, yeah, I killed her. And now I'm going to, and now I'm going to kill you. And then breaks his back, kills him. And then it's like, I didn't kill her. I didn't kill your daughter, but I'm going to kill your son. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But then the ending came and I was just like, wow, that's not bad. Yeah. I recommend, uh, you know, this movie, if you just kind of want kind of a fun fighting movie that, uh, it's serious yet, you know, it's kind of. Like yeah, a little goofy. I'm, I'm not but, sure if I go so far as to say it's serious. Just say it. Well, I mean the serious aspects of it, you know. Uh, the editing on the fight scenes though did definitely remind me of like '90s video games, kind of like Street Fighter. I was like always expecting like an announcer voice to show up and be like KO every time, you know, fight scene ended. Um, yeah. But it was fun. So what about you, Watts? Would you recommend it? You know, I so actually just... would. <laughs> it's uh, it's something all right. It actually is quite entertaining for a film done in three days. Uh, the storyline's pretty good for what it is. Mm -hmm. The fighting is entertaining. Uh, it's one of those things where I'd like somebody to rip some of the scenes and put it to like fighting game music. Might make it even better. Because uh, the soundtrack is, uh, you can definitely tell it's, it's, it's the level of Casio piano, but what do you expect? I think uh, if for like filmmakers who, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get started or, or something like, I think this is kind of, you know, cause it's done three days. It's sort of inspirational and, you know, not a whole lot of money, <clears throat> you know, so creatively for what it is, it's a really cool little film. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he didn't spend a lot of money. The, 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 only because he had the set already, you know, right. he had it, everything was already set up and he just had to extend whatever, you know, his, the production for, for, for three days, and then he's got the post-production. Pre-production wasn't that much. wasn't It wasn't that long because he kind of whipped the scene together because he realized he had the set already. So he, he, put, he was prolific, and he was able to uh, to write up, uh, make up a script real quick and just get, yeah. get it all cast and stuff. And he used well, all hey. the same players that he's, all these same actors that he's used before. You know, other things. So. Hey, you got it. You might as well use it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, that's the best way. It's a, now, how did it feel breaking out of, um, uh, like, say, the horror genre? Because that's what you would most be known for, I'd have to say. Like, did it feel good to break out of it? Like, hey, we're going to start to do well, some more I serious did, stuff? You know, I've done, I've done a lot of movies for Albert, so he's given me some great roles to play. And mm. um, so I was... I was actually doing Down Twisted and then flew from Mexico. That's where we shot Down Twisted, which is another Albert Pugh movie. And then flew to Atlanta, Georgia to do Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And I had shot uh, Return of the Living Dead prior to that. And then the only other thing before that was I did a bit part in, in film was on uh, The Woman in Red. I've got a bit in that. So um, Was that the one with uh, Gene Wilder? Yes, Gene Wilder and um, Wow, Rose Broden and um, Joe Bologna, I think. Yeah, that, it's been it's been forever since I've seen that movie. Like I heard that, it's it just like set off a ding. Like I know I saw that movie <laughs> when I was like six. Yeah, Kelly LeBrock was the woman in red. Oh yeah, yeah. and then yeah. well, Gene Wilder was Gene Wilder, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. 
So like it, it definitely did it feel good to break out of horror? Like is that or, or did you just get comfortable in the genre or was it just well, I've only you know, done, hey, whatever's coming. I've only, I, you know, I've only done three horror movies, really, uh, uh, and two of them were just happened to be iconic roles. Yeah, and they're definitely you know? uh, horror comedies, you know. And but, which is uh, great because like your timing, you have really good timing, you know, for the situations you had to be in. Well, Return of the Living Dead, we shot it. I mean, we shot it so dead real. It was, you know, the comedy, which is so genius about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the comedy of that movie comes out of the situation that they're in. We oh, do yeah. have a lot of great one-liners, but I mean, you're just laughing at what, what they've gotten themselves into, and what's going on. The, the 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 bad shit insanity is just absolutely priceless. Yeah, I mean, I, there's one scene in the movie. My favorite my my favorite scene is the half corpse when they catch her and they have a conversation with her. Not yes, not yeah. bodies. Pray. Yeah. To stop the pain of dying. It's that was <laughs> one so of my favorite cool. scenes. And then my, my the other favorite scene, which I've never felt this in another movie, is when I'm holding the guys. You now we shot this movie, this that scene at six o'clock in the movie, at six mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, where we're cutting the, the we catch the yellow corpse, we let him out of the, the freezer, yeah, we pin him down, and we cut his head off. Now that. that- that was. I, I am oh. watching that scene, and I can't watch it, but I'm laughing at the same time. So my, <laughs> like whipping, my head's like whipping back and forth because I don't want to miss it, but I, I can't watch it, and I've never, I've never felt that since. And right. it, you know, it just, it's just. It's well, that's what made it so iconic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. the I soundtrack. Mean, well, yeah. the soundtrack was great, but but yeah. just on that scene alone, it's one of my personal favorites, because if you just take a look at it, you know, you you you've got Tom holding the thing down, you've got James Karen freaking out, you know, as he does best, and then you've got Clue with the with, with the fire axe, and it's like the brain, the brain, I hit the fucking brain, and then you you just hear the the muffled screaming of it on the floor. Just the whole situation. It, it's the, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I love the way it also kind of pokes fun at like the punk, like you know the punks in the movie and stuff. Like this is the costume. This is the fucking way of life. It's just yeah, it's so exactly. great. Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it's funny because looking back at Return of the Living Dead, I love how it's well not not for you because you were in Part Six, but it was like it's it, it's still connected to Friday the Thirteenth in a lot of ways because you got Miguel who was in Part Five, who played Demon, right. you know, yeah, in the Steel Crapper, and then you had Suicide who played you know Mark Venturini. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that guy had potential. He had a, he had a great look, and he and he actually. Everything I've ever seen him in, he did fantastic. You know, he was playing Suicide. He was playing um, Victor. Yeah, Victor in in Part 5. And then we got you, who obviously played what most people would say is, you know, like the best itineration of Tommy Jarvis. Well, I mean, you had had Corey Feldman as a kid, who everybody wanted to beat the crap out of, apparently. You know, (laughs) Ted White didn't like him. You know, he was like, oh, I wanted to grab him and spank him. And then you had... um, Then you had... um, Oh my God, I can't remember his name in part five, but that kind of says it. And then we got, you know, you as Tommy and six. Oh, John Shepard. John Shepard. John Shepard, that's it. Part five. But then we have you and six, and that's that. That's what everybody, you know, remembers the most is your performance you know, in sex. I think, you know why? I think there's a reason for that, because to, uh, Tom McLaughlin's script, they gave, I mean, I think it's the first time you actually had somebody to, the audience had someone to root for, you know? Yes. You, you kind of, you kind of, re- you 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 got to know the character and what it was about. And you you already knew the before, and so kind of went on the ride with him, and it was a lot of, and people connected to it. That's why it, you know, I think they connected to the character so much. And, I and agree. My opinion. I'm sorry, you got a little garbled there. They should have kept going with Tommy Jarvis, not because I was Tommy Jarvis, just. Because <laughs> they really should have. That 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 to me was a missed opportunity. Yeah. They should honestly. They everybody loves Kane, but honestly, CJ was the man. You know, and if they had kept the whole Jarvis saga going, it was it it was a continual link, and it, it they could have done it fresh. And I mean, Tom, I, I I think he knocked it out of the park. And and just hearing that you could watch it in black and white and and it would work. I actually yeah, that turned would be the. Cool. T- 
I turned the color off when I watched it once, and I'm like, oh my god, this is a great black and white film. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. And then when I, I, I saw one of the interviews with McLaughlin, I, you know, he was like, yeah, I, I shot this like a black and white movie so that you could actually turn the color off. And I'm like, you could do that? Oh, wow. So I, never... I popped it in. Uh, yeah, and I turned it off and everything, even the thunder clashing, you know, like when you guys were in the cemetery, when CJ just crawls out of the grave. Um right. Like even the even the lightning flashes contrast perfectly with a black and white image. So if anybody's listening and they haven't seen it like that, you really need to see it. It's amazing. Back to Blood Match. <laughs> <laughs> Another Albert Pugh movie, if the fans are interested, um, uh, was called Mean Guns. We shot that in like five or six days, something really quick as well. But that's what? Uh, that movie. It's a lot of fun. Not much of a story, I don't think, but it's really it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, uh, so have them check that out. Or you guys can go check that out too. We can talk about that another time. But it was a lot of a lot of fun to watch. I actually plan on it because after seeing this, like I said, it, it, you know, you honestly you're the selling point for this one, you know, because everybody would know you from the previous movies. But once again, sitting down and watching it. You know, you were a machine with those monologues. You were doing really good. And then we see, you know, you doing martial arts. And it's like, you, you can just sell it on, hey, now you get to see Tommy Jervis really get to kick some ass, you know, type of thing. But um, I, I wound up enjoying that movie a lot better than I would have ever expected to. And, uh, you know, just that combination. Definitely got to check out a couple of his other movies then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's mostly known for uh, Cyborg with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Cyborg. Another another one we did was called um, Down Twisted. Check that one out. That was really cool. Charlie uh, in that and Charlie Lockett. Yeah, I, I looked at a, I looked at a, a a clip from it. A oh, man, uh, your hair is bright blonde in that. You're playing like a henchman. Yeah, Albert gave me the script. The guy was the character was scripted as six uh, two, two hundred twenty five pounds, dark haired. Um, killer. So I, I, I darken, I, I, bleached, I, I, I dyed my hair dark black. Uh-huh. It didn't look, it didn't look right on my skin tone. So I bleached it. I didn't tell him. <laughs> I bleached it. I didn't tell him. I went down there. I put a, a silver cap on my tooth. Got one made. Put it down there. Oh. Got that blue suede jacket. <laughs> I showed up <laughs> on set and he, and he didn't even recognize me. And he goes. Fucking love it. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't six five. I wasn't two hundred twenty pounds, but I had to be a badass. In the in the the bleach, you know, hair uh, worked better for my 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 skin tone. But the bummer was, uh, we had finished wrapping, got my hair back to its natural color. Months later, uh, we got a cute. <laughs> had to bleach my hair out again. For the one day, so that was the killer. No, so, I'm uh, after I'm um, after this. I, I I just found this out. I was a big fan of the original. I had no idea that they made a second one, but it turns out you, that you did Dirty Dozen Part Two. Uh, Dirty Dozen Part Three, I think. Re I I didn't even know that they made a second one, let alone a third one. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, he was in Dirty Dozen. Yeah, that was a, TV, a movie of the week. Hmm. We shot that in, uh, in over in Europe, in uh, Macedonia, Bratislava, in Croatia. Uh, which, oh, which that must you, have been fun. It was Yugoslavia at the time. Yeah, it was uh, the Van Patten brothers and uh, Gary Graham and, um, you know, Telly Savalas. Uh, I know Ernest we, Borgnine was in it, too. Ernest Borgnine was in it, and Randall Tex Cobb was in it. I love uh, that guy. Oh, oh, oh. Watson, Bo was a boxer. Well, Randall Texcott was a boxer. Bo was a tall, uh, uh, blonde guy. Um, well known at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Telly, loved, Telly loved to, um, he liked to play poker, so it became about a po big poker game as opposed to making a movie. It was so freaking cold there, too. It was just crazy. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We had a lot, really good time. 
Yeah, that, that that's one thing I was curious about. It, it definitely piqued my interest because, like I said, I, I enjoyed the original and I had no idea that they had made sequels to it. But that must have been a hell of a cast to hang out with. I mean, like, yeah, Telly Savalas, okay. I love Telly Savalas. You know, I was a big big fan of his from so yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, no, that's a that's a hell of an experience right there from the eighties to the nineties. And it seems like you had a lot of fun. And I mean, that's something that you, you, you kind of put forward, at least from my perspective, was is that you were enjoying yourself doing it. I was. And, and, and as a young actor, and um, I was lucky enough to get, I've known actors their whole lives. They never left L.A. I, I, went, I went all over the place. I went to Manila doing a, uh, an Albert Pugh movie that uh, uh, went down to Mexico. You know, uh, been over to Europe on an, uh, as I told you before, doing Peacemaker and and also uh, uh, the Dirty Dozen. So that was I've been uh, been pretty pretty lucky. Hey, you can't argue with that. You got to see the world. Most people don't even get to leave the country. Exactly. You know, and of course we got the horror stuff, and you know, the, the, then you had roles like this where you actually got to show some really good acting chops, and it just it just seems like you, you, you've you had a lot of fun, and, you know, it's a, and what more could you ask for? No, it's been, it's been good. It's been good for me. Enjoying it. Well, like, like I said, I'm glad to hear that. I grew up watching you, and it's... Same. Yeah, it, 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 it's good to hear stuff like that. It really is, because, I mean, most people... You know, they're just like, ah, bah, bah, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, it's it's just, it's it's great to hear that. It really is. And it's good oh, to hear that you're actually keeping busy now, too. It, like, seriously, congratulations on all your success. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't like to stand around, so I'm always doing something every day. And, yeah, you got to uh, keep busy, because if you're not keeping busy, you're just going to get bored. Exactly. Now, um, uh, with the like, say with the Friday the Thirteenth game part, though, um, what, do you have any interesting stories behind that? Uh, like, how did you like that? Well, they came to me, I think, as an afterthought because the fans wanted me to be involved in it. So, uh, they had everyone in their suits and blue screen and all that stuff. But what what they did with me was they sent me an image of mm -hmm. my approval and. It's like, I swear to God, the guy never saw Friday the 13th or 6, because the picture that they sent me was a dark hair, 5 o'clock shadow, uh, huge jaw. I was like, are you kidding me? So we had to go back and forth. I said, hair's too dark, the nose is too, the eyes are too close together or too wide apart or whatever it is. I, I mean, it was like increments of centimeters, and I kept, we kept going back and forth. So we ended up... <laughs> Um, settling on the image that everyone sees on the game. And then I just went in and which is kind of like, it was the same kind of experience as uh, if you do a movie and you have to voice over it, you have to match it. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that, that that I was familiar with. So that was, you know, that's been good. Pretty, pretty yeah. straightforward and simple. Oh, yeah, it's a broader forward. And I mean, like, that's obviously one of the more popular characters in the game besides Jason. Because, I mean, like, that's how I started doing stuff was playing Friday the 13th, the game. And, you know, like, that's it, things just went off from there for me. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, you see, yeah, shit, it's it's that Tommy Jarvis, the good one, you know. <laughs> and, that, and then I was like, they really got Tom Matthews to come back and do the voice. So it, it, it seemed like it was a bit of a labor of love. But I can imagine, yeah, this doesn't look like me. <laughs> You know, well, I remember when I uh, attended the uh, Q and A panel that uh, Tom was at, and I, mm -hmm. I pointed that out. I'm like, I'm glad they picked you, Tommy Jarvis, because if they picked Corey Feldman, you know, what's he gonna do? Shave his head and like, you know, <laughs> track Jason or or Part Five Tommy? Is he just gonna have a a mental breakdown? You know, <laughs> so I think they went with the uh, you know the right person who, you know. Oh, definitely. They, even though they gave a shotgun with one shell in it. <laughs> right. Right. It was it was hilarious though because uh, earlier in the game, uh, they they patched it out. But they, like you would arrive and immediately your character would be like, "I need to get out of here." Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of shotgun, did you guys did you see uh, uh, Never Hike Alone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fan film, yeah, because we he gave me a shot. You don't really see it, but um, it's a fan film for everyone who doesn't know. It's 
uh, 52 minute long fan film. It's well worth seeing if you're a Friday fan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're talking about making a a sequel to it, so that's going to be coming down the road too. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, that 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 was the one thing that that I had heard about too with uh, Never Hike Alone. Like everybody was like, um, um, they got Tom Matthews to come back as Tommy Jarvis, and that that seemed to be like the big highlight of that movie. Well, I, I liked the movie. I mean, that's how they got me involved, and in. he had already shot half of it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, a friend, how I got involved in it, a friend of mine who's I've known for 30 years, uh, he said his roommate is a big horror fan. He goes, would you please just meet him so he'll mm-hmm. stop bugging me? And I said, sure, we can go have some dinner. And then um, so we had, we, had, we had some dinner and um, – we had some dinner, and uh, we had some. We had dinner, and he was saying um, how we were doing a fan film. Like <laughs> fan film, really? He goes, yeah. You want to be involved? I said, uh, just to be nice. I said, sure. Yeah. If you if, have you guys shot anything? He said, yeah. We probably have shot half of it. He, he ended up being. His name is Barry. Ended up being uh, the he was the executive producer on it. Mm-hmm. So he sent it over to me, and I was like. Shit, this is really good. I mean, all the drone stuff, and Andrew was great in it, and, you know, the story was great. It was topical, and so I really loved it, and, and so we we worked something out. We changed some stuff around and got me involved, so I was really happy to do something. And, and, and Vincent DeSanti, who's uh, the director and writer and uh, co-writer on it, and he, uh, you know, he's is, is an up-and-coming star. He's, really into the horror genre, so it was really uh, exciting to be a part of it. Mm. Out. Though, I wonder how Tommy was able to become a paramedic driver. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to, uh, how I wanted to open it was um, a guy walking up to the town, Western town, and just uh, with a shotgun or a bag or something, and you don't know who it is. You just see him from the back. And then... Mm. When you see him later on, because <clears throat> I've got a lot of offers to do, or a lot of there's a lot of scripts out there where Tommy Jarvis comes back, he's a detective, or you know he's on the hunt for Jason, or uh, and all that stuff. So he's still he's still searching for him. He still knows he's he's out there. He feels that he's out there or something. So it would kind of made sense to us that he would be a paramedic. He would get the first calls to all the to all the all the deaths or. Hey, remember me? I was like, hey, remember me, asshole? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um, so we, we decided on that, and it was already – so it kind of made might, made sense for us because Tommy would be uh, involved in uh, the city that way. And the second one, the, the sequel we're, we're talking about doing, we broke, we're going to bring uh, – at the end of uh, the Never Hike Alone, take mm-hmm. off, we leave it behind – in the sequel, we go forward to the hospital, and in comes the new the sheriff, and then and the sheriff is going to be uh, Vinny Gustafero, who was the deputy in Part Six. He comes. Oh yeah, you see the red dot, you bang. Yeah, exactly that guy. He is now the sheriff hmm. of town, and it just takes off from there, like a. Hey, know, as like long a, as they're keeping it going and they're keeping people talking about it, that's yeah. Well, that, that, that's. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, get the legal thing settled. Right. And, the, uh, the fan film genre of Friday has definitely kicked off. There's so many of them coming out. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, there, 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 there's a ton of them coming out. I know I'm. Um... There is, and I think Never Hike Alone has made them, you know, raise the bar a little bit for everybody out mm-hmm. there to make that quality of a uh, fan film because uh, it's. The production quality is really great in uh, Never Hike Alone. Mm-hmm. No, like, like I said, it, it, it's good. It's keeping it going. It's keeping people busy. It's keeping, you know, word and mouth. I mean, the lawsuit thing, that's probably got another three to five years in it, at, at least. You yeah, know? I know uh, Vengeance is coming out, and uh, C.J. Graham is going to be playing like Jason's dad. That's going to be cool. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. That The poster was really cool. Yeah. That's Oh yeah, the old school silhouette. I love that. That looked really good. And I mean, that's that's what you have to look at the most too. Is because it's like when I hear fan film, 
I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where it's like I hear fan film, and I'm like, okay, every movie that I've ever heard of where someone says that they're a fan of it, I'm like, um, are you going to well, give your interpretation of it, or are you going to work off of the magic that the other people did? And well, it, it seems so far that they're really sticking to the formulas and not just giving their own view. Right. Well, well you, you had a you have a cameo on Vengeance and help work on it. Just a tiny bit. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a counselor in the flashback. And, I, uh, I, I get the what? We also got uh, Mick Strawn in another episode. He's a production designer and he's also helping direct. So, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how the small world everything kind of connects. You know. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then there's um, what, what's the one that um Debbie Sue Voorhees is doing? Uh, Thirteen Fanboy, I think. There, there's Thirteen Fanboy. That's looking like we got a lot of alumni coming back. So Tom's that's going to be in that cool. one, right? Uh, she, I signed a, um, I signed a letter of intent back in January of 2018. I think. Mm. It was pending a, a script, so um, you have to see what she has in mind for me. There's a lot of a lot of people involved in it now, so I, I don't know how I'm leaning. Fans, let them know. Tom Matthews for 13 Fanboy. But at the very least, you're doing other stuff other than that too. Like you, like you just finished up production. And a trailer just dropped today, and that's awesome. It, it really is. It's good. And, I mean, uh, like, like I said, as a dad, I can relate. You know, once they're little, and it's kind of like, well, I can't do anything. I can't go to the bathroom alone. I can't read a, the newspaper alone. And then once they start walking, and they can start feeding themselves, and, you know, it's kind of like, aren't you worried that I'm going to be out till 11 tonight? No, get out of here. Go. You know? Exactly. So... Kind of where I'm at. Hey, I, I'm, like great. I said, I'm 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 really glad to hear that. Seriously. <laughs> now, hey, I'm, um, speaking of fan films, not that there's anything out there, there really isn't. Um, what if somebody ever came up to you with a Return of the Living Dead fan film? I was just you? thinking that. Uh, well, I just thought of a meta idea for that because yeah, uh, that's that a little bit more complicated. <laughs> The only way yeah. I could possibly see it work, and it'd be really silly, would be if, like, there was, like, a reunion with the actor, with the cast, and maybe it somehow turns out that, like, Return of the Living Dead was really based off a true story or something. Well, Return of the Living Dead was supposed to be based off yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Because, I mean, it, it, in part it, two... It, it could be one of those things where, like, those son of a bitches used my likeness, and how, how the hell could they make me like this... You know, and, the, and 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 you know, one thing I, I, I um, if we're talking about return, the jacket, the the varsity jacket that you had when you got blinded with acid. Whatever happened to that? That was the coolest jacket I ever saw in my life. We had two. We had two jackets. One said "fuck you" on the back of it. Yep. And the other one said "TV version." <laughs> Did you keep the "fuck you"? I never got either one of them. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I didn't get I, my... I that, I'll tell you what I do have. Hmm. I have, uh, when I'm in the uh, church, the chapel. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand. I bust through the doors, and I'm like, I'm going down the hallway and stuff. Um, I have the latex of the acid burned. Cool. I was that looked so good. Got that tucked away. Um and, uh, yeah, what else do I have? I had to teach. Oh, the T-shirt that I wore, I was, I was, uh, I modeled from my day job to my acting job, my career. I did the modeling in between. So I did it. The T-shirt was uh, from a, a gig that I was doing. I had, they had hired me a couple of times, these guys from downtown L.A. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, this, this T-shirt would be perfect. The visage with the sun and perfect. So I put in the in the in the in the show, and um, I invited the um, the two guys who own the the label uh, to come out to the screening. That they'd be mm -hmm. excited. Fucking hated it. work for them ever again. Screenings never go the way that you want them to go. Oh, they hated the movie. They didn't like anything about it. Oh, oh man! They didn't get it. Every screening story I've ever heard has always been some type of a catastrophe. Like one of my favorites, and I know I've told this one before, but you know, Tom's never 
heard me say it so I can get away with it. Um, did you ever hear a chud with uh, Daniel Stern and John Hurd with, with the monsters in the sewer? You've heard of it? That's hysterical. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely hysterical. It's one of those movies that I told these two guys to watch and they hated it. And then I said, no, 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 no. You need to watch it with the director's commentary on. Because halfway through the movie with the commentary, they were like talking about their paydays and then they realized that they got ripped off by the producer. So they're like, oh, fuck this movie. You know, and then, look, look at the stupid rubber costumes and all this. Yeah, and they were just cracking jokes at every turn. But um, the screening story was um, the one producer, his name was Shepard Abbott. And they were like, yeah, we went to Tom's River, New Jersey. And I sat down, I was all proud. My name's gonna be on screen. And then my name comes on screen. And then the guy in front of me goes, Shepard Abbott, what kind of a fucking name is that? Right in front of him. <laughs> Those things never work out the way that they do. But um, yeah, it's just, they wind up becoming cult classics. And I think that's, it, it, it's good on that. I'm glad they're not lost. Um, is just, oof. <laughs> they, they never turn out the way that they want to. But I mean, look how uh, people talked about Return of the Living Dead. And then, and then it's like, now Dan O'Bannon really is a legend for what he wrote. And everybody was like, oh, this is just a ripoff of Night of the Living Dead. And now it's spawned its own franchise. It's got its own sequels. And you were a part of two of them. Yeah. yeah um, culture. I mean, when you think of zombies, you think about zombies eating brains. You don't think about them eating anything else. And it's like it's part part of pop culture now. I mean, oh, absolutely, I've seen, right. I've seen so many movies where they have zombies and they're like brains, brains. That that's what started it, and most people don't know how to connect the dots like that. That it's not something from the fifties. You guys started the brains. They don't know. I, I ask everybody, what is zombies? And they go brains. I said, you know why? They said they just eat brains. I said no, it's because of Return of the Living Dead. That's why you mm -hmm. think that because of that movie. Yeah, because even the landmark one, like my, my my favorite movie of all time, Night of the Living Dead, they ate everything. This one, you know, not only did they have that, but you had zombies that talked to you that said, you know, I send more paramedics. It was, it was just priceless. <laughs> my sad story with Return of the Living Dead is uh, I I first saw that movie on basic cable for a while. So, like, the whole entire, like, scene of trash is all cut out and stuff. And then one day I watched That's the one thing that you would focus on. <laughs> and then the one day uh, it was on Monster Vision when uh, Joe Bob had a Linnea Quigley on. And so, of course, they show the scene, but it's blurred out. And I'm just like, what? There's a scene that I that was cut on a movie? And then, you know, eventually picked up on DVD. Uh, but, uh, you know. But, you know, boy, basic, were you surprised. Well, you know, Basic Cable was kind of a way where you discovered, like, uh, Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs was. You know, where I think I discovered a lot of these kind of cool movies and then later we'd go out and oh, get yeah. them and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, it's Monster Vision. I love um, uh, when Joe Bob did Part 6. And he's talking about the beginning when uh, Jason Rams is uh, um, armed through the guy's chest. And he's oh, like... Oh, um, yeah, him. And he's like, or originally... Jack. He's like, originally he pulls his guts out and is steaming on the ground, but the NBAA got a hold of that. And then TNT got a hold of it. Now it looks like he just gets pushed to death. It was pretty funny. Uh, is there any truth to that, Tom? Or was it always going to be a heart? What's that? Um, when Horseshack got killed in the, in the graveyard, was, was it originally supposed to be he gets his guts pulled out? Or was it always a heart shot? No, I always I always knew it was a heart shot. But, but, but uh, in dailies, which I saw, uh, a couple of things. Horseshack's heart, uh, uh, Jason hit his hand, and he dropped mm -hmm. it on the ground. You see it bounce on the ground. That never made it in the movie. Oh. And then the sheriff's death, amazing in dailies. Just no music, no nothing, just pure and bending backwards. And then they added the back breaking. It was just unbelievable. But you don't that, that was a gnarly scene. I, I the, the effect of it, uh, how, how they released it. But in dailies, it was amazing. Just clean, nothing. It was simple, a simple gag, and it, it just executed beautifully. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the the guts thing, though, I don't believe that because, honestly, I, I always felt that they set up for that when you had Horseshack yelling at you in the grave, my heart can't stand this anymore. So it's kind of like, right. yeah, he's going to have something happen to his heart. There you go. Um, do you still keep in contact with anybody? Uh, I keep in contact with CJ. Uh, I see him a lot. I see a lot of cast at the uh, horror conventions, which are great, uh, Return of the Living Dead, and... Mm -hmm. um, I see Vinny every now and again. We keep in touch. I talk to Tom McLaughlin a lot. 
he's got a script that he's ready to, you know, have a studio do it. But they're just waiting for he's waiting for the uh, rights to get settled and all that stuff because mm. he's a no, big time. No, CJ, I love to death. He's like the nicest he's awesome. guy oh, he's ever. A, yeah, he's, he's just an amazing guy. I, I would love uh, to meet uh, Jewel Shepard someday. She seems like a really cool person. Yeah, she is. I mean, and Beverly and, and, and John Philbin and you know, everybody. Yeah. I see Jimmy Karen, of course. I was really close with Jimmy Karen because we became close on the movie. And mm -hmm. um, we, we found out in part two that we had the same birthday. Maybe that's how why we got along so well. <laughs> hey, you, got, you, you got them zodiac signs aligning. You got to take advantage of that. <laughs> exactly, but he would he would uh, come over to the house for holidays and stuff. And his wife and I were in acting class, so we also had that uh, connection as well. Mm -hmm. Um. But you guys uh, had a hell of a dynamic together too. It, it was like a modern. It, going far, but I mean, like you know, it's like the 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 two of you guys together in both of those movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a Laurel and Hardy and a Co and an Abbott on Costello. Just you guys were perfect together. Well, the, the way you guys thing was also Dan um, in the first one just let us kind of do our own thing, so we improvised a lot, which was uh, which was good. I mean, it was, which is unusual also for a writer director. Usually, writers want you to stick right to the words too. So. Kudos to him for, you know, letting everyone get comfortable and and uh, improv. And he he hardly ever said no. We we talked about it. it was it was a true collaboration. So that's perfect. For that reason, uh, Return of Living Dead will always be near and dear in my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing uh, the longevity of it too. Uh, it's just as funny and relevant today as yeah, when it, it came is. out in the eighties. It still holds up. It still holds up. Oh, absolutely! I think, it, uh, it's... <clears throat> I think even the second one um, is is pretty good, though it's so weird. It's the weirdest concept I think of a sequel I can think of because it's like it's not a remake or any. Well, it's kind of a it's not really a sequel, you know, and it it doesn't have really anything of the first movie, but it has you play a different role in the other guy. It's just so strange. You know? you know why we came back, Jimmy Karen and I came back? Hmm. Part one, such a huge success in Japan. Fan? Mm -hmm. Return of the Living Dead was a huge success in Japan. So when they went to go get money to make part two, mm -hmm. how you fund it is you go, you go overseas to the, the small countries overseas to fund it, to make it in America. Yeah. So the Japanese said, yes, we'll give you the money, but we want to have these two characters come back in mm. some capacity. That's why we came back in part two. Right. But that was cool, though. I like that a lot. Most people are like, what's going on with this? And it's like, well, you know what? If you didn't have a problem with Evil Dead 1 and 2, the way that those played off of each other, you know, you, you can't complain about something like this. Because right. it, it, it worked out great. It, it had moments. It had moments, and I didn't think that it was bad. I think what stuck out for one... You just can't, um, uh, you can't compare it to the first, though. You have to accept it as being... Something it's completely own thing. Yeah. yeah. It, they kind of went for the humor in part part two. We went for the humor, you know, mm -hmm. which was a little nose, which was what made part one stand out so much. You know, it was, part one's a dark comedy. This right. one's a straight up comedy. Um, and the, the thing about part one, though, is that you, it, it could make you laugh, but at the same time, there were some genuinely creepy parts. Like, oh, um, yeah. What, what, it, it gave me, like, kind of nightmares as a kid. And this is your fault, Tom. It was um, when they were trapped in the attic. Yeah. Oh um, God! Yeah. The one girl, and you, and you had Paulie from Weekend at Bernie's with uh -huh. the with the Luger, and you're sitting there like it was wrong of you to lock me up. I had to hurt myself to get out. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. That. Yeah, that oh that, man. And the, that, even the ending is just yeah. like, holy crap! You know. Well, that's one way to get rid of things. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that 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 part, yeah, that gave me chills. Just the way that you that that you pulled that off. You didn't even have to be on camera. It was just, you know. Gina, but I forgive no, no, you, no. darling, because I love you, and you have to let me eat your brains. <laughs> that was so good. Well, on that note, I'm gonna leave you guys because I've got the shit to do. 
All right. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. So do we. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, honestly, Tom, thank you so much. I really yeah. appreciate your time, and it was wonderful talking with you. This My is, pleasure. This is like again. a dream country, really, because like I've always wanted to like, uh, you know, talk with you and find out what's up. But I've always, like I said, I always always loved your work. So this was. This uh, was oh no, I, I I know you got shit to do, but this fucking guy, he's been going on. I can't wait to talk to Tom Matthews. I can't wait to talk to Tom Matthews. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Tom Matthews. <laughs> Are you ready? We got six months to go, dude. He's like, what movie are we going to watch? Which one are we going to talk about? So we got five months to go, dude. I can't wait to talk to him. Are you excited? Yeah, we can't wait in four months. You know, but I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And it's really great to hear that everything's going good for you. Yeah, everything's everything's good. No, no, can't complain. It doesn't, you know, everything's good. Knock on wood. Uh, I've been pulling for you, man. Thank you so much. You have right. a wonderful day. Thank yeah. you. Right. Well, have a good All rest right. of the day. Have a good one, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was awesome. Yes, yeah, you know? That was so fucking cool. It was really good. That was fucking awesome. Oh, man. He was great. Yeah. Even though... Uh, I mean, the audio was kind of rough, but otherwise yeah, it was you can so understand awesome, him. it didn't matter. <laughs> well, See, he, I, I got to tell you this, though. Um, since I don't really have any emotional connection to any of that, it's just like, the Tom Matthews? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so to me it's like, um, cool. I like to, I like hearing the stories though. Connection, I think this comes in, like... Chris. We have like so much nostalgia because we just grew up watching the movies constantly and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you were to get like, you know, uh, Patrick Oh, steps. I can just see that shit now. We gotta bring Mr. Sulu on <laughs> and it'll it'll sound like one person is just talking to themselves for an hour. That would be, um, dude, if we got George the K on, that'd be awesome. I'd be like, oh my well, god. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> what was it like filming part two? <laughs> filming part two was actually um, quite nicely. Well, that's wonderful to hear, Mr. Takai. <laughs> and we'll just yeah. sit in the fucking background for that one. <laughs> We'd all be silent, be like, uh, do you guys have any more questions? Uh, go on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, until oh, no, I, I, that... I can just see it now. So what are your thoughts on, shut the fuck up, George Takai is talking? <laughs> Maybe. Now, Maybe. If, if you asked me last year if I ever expected us to get really any guests, I would have been like, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that now we've had, what, like three? Yes. The Tom Matthews! <laughs> yes! Oh, man. He was, he was no. in Blood Game. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, he, that, he, that's your first introduction to Tom Matthews. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, wow. I, I knew of him as the character. Actually, to be perfectly honest, in the video the game. The only thing I remember from Return of the Living Dead is the, 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 the short haired redhead chick. That's it. That, oh. That's all I remember. Is her. Oh, fresh. I remember the very end of the movie where they dropped the nuke. That's it. <laughs> That's uh, all. You'd have to you'd have to be a horror fan to really get into that movie, you know. And then yeah, uh, and that concludes our review and interview with Tom Matthews. As you can tell, we were all excited. Um, hopefully, he'll return in the future uh, for something else. Uh, but until next time, take care and thanks for listening. So at the end of these, I always pick a song that fits um, the interview or review. But this time, since we got. Uh, both in one. I'm going to do two songs. All right, enjoy. Starting with the uh, review and then interview.
Oh, damn. 